A few years ago, Alex Sway was a machine learning engineer who wanted to combat a growing problem on the internet, misinformation. Alex helped build a browser extension that analyzed articles in social media feeds. The goal was to improve people's media literacy by exposing them to articles with perspectives that algorithms wouldn't typically feed them. We were presenting news and having people engage with news that was either more moderate or on the other side of the aisle to what they already read. He and his team went to Washington, D.C. to share their findings with the Department of State and the policy leads of major social media companies. And through those conversations, Alex came to a realization as he listened to leaders of the tech companies. We found this type of approach pretty hard to scale. They observed that many of these platforms knew that they'd risk losing engagement if their users' news feeds became less polarized. And so this is really interesting spot where uh, ultimately I realized at a larger level, we need to find a way to make systemic change. Alex was also concerned about an emerging technology that would only exacerbate the problem, AI. AI was making it easier for bad actors to fabricate information that could go viral. And he wasn't alone in his thinking. In fact, Alex realized that someone he knew well shared his deep concern. Edward and I actually met in high school. We were both really interested in Model UN, technology, and how that affects policy. Edward Tien, Alex's good friend from his hometown of Toronto, was in university working on a thesis project, a tool to detect whether text is written by a human or an AI model. The tool is called a Generative Pre-Trained Transformer, also known as a GPT. Both Edward and Alex believed that having a means for AI detection would make people more scrupulous and know what was and wasn't true in what they read online. Alex and Edward began to work together on creating an AI detection tool. This was during the wave of attention in the media surrounding AI's ability to produce stories that seemed to be written by humans. People were looking for others who were really trying to take AI safety and responsible AI at a practical level. What do we do about this technology? Is there any way that we can actually have transparency in AI? I'd say there is this kind of elephant in the room when we were talking about AI, which is how do we control how it's used in our lives? With concerns growing over AI's potential to be detrimental to journalism and a misinformation super spreader, Edward and Alex started a company called GPT Zero. GPT Zero gives people a tool to verify if what they are reading is written by a computer or a human. So with GPT Zero, Alex and Edward are, to put it simply, using AI in an attempt to outsmart AI. What we've done is trained a machine learning model, which can predict the difference between AI and human work with high accuracy. To be clear, Alex isn't anti-AI. AI is an essential tool in his coding projects, but he and Edward wanted to help create a world in which humans can use AI without losing trust in it and without losing trust in each other too. We think a lot about AI safety and what happens when like AI becomes superhuman. I think we first have to answer the question of like, how do we just face the reality we have right now, which is humans using AI in ways that are unexpected, interesting, or, or damaging. I'm Elise Hugh. And I'm Josh Klein. And this is Built for Change, a podcast from Accenture. Josh, how easily convinced are you by AI-generated text? Or are you ever easily convinced? 
I, I wish I knew. I mean, that's the thing right. about it, right? Is like <laughs> right, right. You, you, you sometimes or or maybe often can't tell. It's right. crazy right. how human that can feel sometimes. And and while it can be pretty funny, you know, like somebody sent me a, a rap sonnet the other day. It seems like that's really popular right now. That's fun. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, but it also means that we've got more opportunities for people to use it to trick each other and spread misinformation, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, it's worrying. But the fact of the matter is that AI is here to stay. And with every passing second, it's becoming more and more embedded into our culture. And the systems are becoming smarter. Right, right. And even though tools like GPT-0 can help, it's also up to the companies to figure out how to promote responsible use of the technology. So that's what we're going to learn about today. How businesses can move forward with new AI tools responsibly and just how far they can go if they do it right. Arnab Chakraborty is Senior Managing Director and Responsible AI Lead at Accenture. This is the era of AI. A lot of machine learning, predictive analytics, and now generative AI is being used in the back office functions. All kinds of different industries are finding ways to leverage the technology. For example, fast food chains are using predictive analytics to streamline kitchen operations and get food into customers' hands faster. They can also personalize the experience for customers. Think about if you are a fast food store and the weather of the of the day has changed and it's, it's been very hot. Can you dynamically change your promotion to provide some ice cream offers and doing that in a real time manner and doing that not just for the individual store, but thousands of stores at the same time. And that's the power of AI. As with any new technology, many companies haven't figured out how to weave AI into their business operations and the pace of advancements can be overwhelming. Now with Gen AI coming into play, these companies are able to now quickly take advantage of Gen AI and leapfrog with this new technology that is available. Gen AI, or generative AI, are models that can write, draw, paint, and produce images. They can create content that, in many cases, looks like it could have been made by a human. Because generative AI is so powerful, it's important for businesses that use it to understand all the potential it has to drive change and the risks too. The main consideration is that knowing that there are risks, how do you go about implementing AI that is responsible in nature? You do it in such a way that it is open and it is interpretable and it is explainable to all the stakeholders. So it's not a black box, but it's a glass box that people can see and it gives them the confidence. Enterprises can achieve this kind of transparency by simply laying out their intentions in terms of the manuals and tutorials they have that complement their models. Eliminating bias from the data that you use to train those models is critical, and investing in fine-tuning them can also help. Asking these basic questions and then making sure I have a way of testing the model and testing the data in a quantitative manner, in a system-driven manner, on the principles that I have laid out. These kinds of measures are precautionary and support an overall goal of making sure that, on a broad scale, AI is being employed safely. We all take airlines and we fly from one destination to another destination. There is always this whole concept of being safe when we are traveling, when our kids are taking the flight, we all know that it is safe. On the whole, most people trust that when they get on a plane, they're going to be delivered to their destination safely, and they don't expect airlines to be cutting corners that could potentially be putting them in danger. 
The same concept applies to the field of AI. When you are designing an AI solution, when you are developing an AI solution, you are deploying the AI solution, you're going to make some important decisions, you know, that impacts your business and that impacts your society and community that you live in. How do you make sure all of that is being done in a way that we can trust, that we feel safe? And this isn't new. Arnab says that people have been thinking about how to use AI safely and responsibly for years now. But the momentum we have seen in the last one year with generative AI, I think has exposed the risks. One major risk is that of discrimination, which originates from bias in the data used to train the AI in the first place. We have seen examples of that happening in the healthcare sector, where algorithms are making recommendations of what kind of treatments to be provided to which patient population. And if there is bias, it just discriminates a certain part of the population, which might be underprivileged. Privacy is also a big consideration. If an employee enters data into a generative AI tool that isn't secure, their company's information could be compromised. Businesses have to be aware of the risks, make a plan for protecting themselves, and own the responsibility of using AI. Number one, it's about asking the question, do we have our AI principles and standards established for my organization? And it is very important to ask that question because that gives us the guardrails of what we need to follow if we have to bring AI in a responsible manner for ourselves and for our customers. We need to have those principles and standards in place. Failing to consider these questions while building out your technology can result in an AI practice that has a negative impact on the company or its customers, or even society as a whole. In some cases, regulations surrounding AI could end up leaving companies who don't use the tech responsibly with massive fines. And beyond that, companies need to remember that their reputation is at stake too. If you are a drug manufacturer and you are using AI to build drugs, and bring it to the patients, if there is bias coming into that, it will have a huge reputational impact for that particular drug, for that particular organization. This could also have repercussions for the healthcare provider who prescribes the drug, and of course, the life and the health of the patient. Because even though using AI can reap huge rewards in profit, some of the risks of using it improperly have consequences that go beyond financial, negatively impacting their brand and even risking the safety and privacy of their customers and employees. And the same balance exists when it comes to the benefits that AI can bring to the way we work, the way we communicate, and the way we interact with the world around us. When you deploy AI ethically, it cannot be always about standard metrics like revenue growth, like profitability. Typically in, in organizations, we all get tied to this metric, saying everything that I do needs to show me revenue, needs to show me profit. But when we talk about ethically deploying AI, responsibly deploying AI, it needs to look at other dimensions that are you know, non-traditional. It could be about the impact on the society. So Josh, I mean, we could take off so many examples of people using AI irresponsibly, mm, right? Oh yeah, man. I mean, that, the, the spread of, of misinformation widely, politically, for an example, or, or even just straight up IP theft. Like there's just a lot of concerns out there. Right. I'm seeing more and more review sites, whether mm. it's for books or whether it's for restaurants, just get flooded with reviews that aren't written by humans. Right, right. It can it, really have an impact on businesses. Yeah, no, this is like serious damages. And it makes you wonder, you know, what's going to come next? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, AI can bring a lot of positive change. Yeah. Right? We've seen that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a, a recent study that, that estimated that conservatively, white-collar workers are enjoying an average of a 40% efficiency gain basically overnight. 
And in healthcare, you have diseases or potential irregularities being caught earlier mm-hmm. because of AI, um, medical problems detected that maybe would have gone undiagnosed. Right, right. There's so much potential good at the same time, so much potential harm. It's a balancing act to use this technology without letting it get carried away or ahead of itself. That's true. And in fact, that balancing act was at the core of Alex's plan when he and his co-founder launched GPT-0. So let's turn back to him to hear more about the problems that they're helping to solve in trying to outsmart AI. The more we automate things, the less we're able to check the work that we're putting out. When Alex Sway and his co-founder created their AI detector GPT-0, helping people spot misinformation created by AI was one of their main focuses. But there were plenty of other applications for the tool. Generative AI has proven to be valuable, fun, and helpful in inspiring creativity, but it's also a potential means for people to cut corners and even pass off an AI-generated piece of work as their own. For students on deadlines, it's an especially intriguing new tool. A lot of educators have been in crisis mode in the last year because they are unable to discern whether or not their students are are writing the content themselves or completely generating it. And it really breaks the traditional model of how they teach and evaluate. Plagiarism has become a major concern in the academic world due to AI, even if copying text written by an AI isn't technically stealing intellectual property from another human. One reason about human writing is valuable is because it's a mark of effort. I think writing is one of the, the main like proof of works, whether you know it's signing a letter to, to Congress or uh, some other way in which we, we show how much people really care about a topic. So how do GPT tools actually distinguish between human and AI writing? Ultimately, the way we learn, how humans learn is we learn by example. And so what we've done is built up a database of millions of public documents from various disciplines and formats. This gives us uh, a wide variety of like human writing. And then on the flip side, we actually then go and create an AI version of this data set. They feed all of that data into an LLM or large language model, a type of AI algorithm that combines an immense amount of data with very specific processing patterns so that it can both learn and create written content a lot like a human would but with blinding speed. We can then train another large language model to actually analyze these texts and learn the difference between the two. The the art is how well you craft this model and architect it, how good your data is, and also what safeguards do you take and put in place to prevent exploits, both to prevent AI from being detected as human and humans from being detected as AI. This last piece, ensuring that the detector is accurately attributing the work to a human or AI, is really important for GPT-0's main type of customer, educational institutions. Alex says that AI is actually already a part of the curriculum in many academic programs, like those intended to teach students how to use the technology. But for writing classes, one advantage of GPT tools is that they can allow students to show their work. We've built these writing reports through GPT-0 where the student can share their entire writing process. A teacher can see how the student wrote the document from start to finish with all the edits and backspaces, all the kind of really human things that makes our imperfect process produce some great essay. 
Because believe it or not, some people really do just write in the tone that GPT-0 is trying to detect, what Alex calls the GPT style. I think the GPT style is a little bit, and we've all kind of seen it, it's somewhat generic, somewhat over the top tone of writing. It has a very like cookie cutter format, use of a lot of transition words. And while these are some of the things that our model looks for, it's not the only thing. There's actually these kind of higher level features, which is not only like what's the style, but how consistent is it held throughout the document. But the applications for GPT-0 go beyond the classroom. Alex says that GPT-0 can be used to strengthen other AI models by detecting AI-generated data. When you train an AI on its own output, there's no way for it to improve. But actually it gets worse. The model starts to hallucinate more, it starts to adhere less to the prompt and give really bad responses. The answer is to feed the model data created by humans. So Alex says he and his team partnered with a customer who works to label all of the data going into their models as either AI or human. They use GPT-0 to make sure that all of the labels that they generate are indeed written by human. And the result is better AI. At the end of the day, Alex still believes in AI as a game-changing technology that's used for good. AI has a pretty incredible ability to transfer the format of uh, like knowledge from one format to another format. But Alex says that going forward, there's going to be more and more cases where it'll be important for people to know when the content they're consuming is created by a human or by AI. I think it's pretty easy to see a future where, in the same way, your your eggs come with like an organic label. Let's say your scarf comes with a handmade artisan label. The work that you do, when you know it needs to be human reviewed and, and high touch, it comes with some sort of certification that this content was curated, there was a human process in, in creating it, and that it actually, you can kind of see that process start to finish. As AI becomes more and more a part of our daily lives, we need to rethink how the human hand can work in tandem with it. I really challenge people to think about how we can use it instead to augment people and make them work at a higher capacity or make them more productive and more prolific. As we grow as a society, it's important to have everyone have a share of this productivity pie that we're growing. Josh, what are some things that maybe you come across regularly in the course of your daily life that you're pretty sure or you know is written by AI, but is not a problem? You don't, it doesn't bother you. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I personally use it all the time for stuff like summarizing articles or providing citations or doing analyses. Like there's just lots of cases in which it's a really useful tool. And it doesn't matter that a human being didn't put that content together. Yeah, I really like the image of a productivity pie that Alex mentioned. If we use the technology wisely to enhance our productivity, there's a good chance that we'll grow along with it. Yeah, absolutely. So next, we're going to hear from a company that's taking a human approach to AI-generated text and being really intentional about the data that they use to train their models. They're helping to democratize AI-powered productivity. When my family immigrated to Canada, it was a hard first few months of not knowing the language. 
This is Meh Habib, CEO and co-founder of Writer, a generative AI company. When May was growing up, English presented a steep learning curve, and her experience learning a new language became a defining part of her adolescence. That's always been the primary kind of lens through which I interacted with the outside world and have been a voracious reader for a very long time, first Arabic books and, and then English books. So even as she embarked on a career in tech, it wasn't a huge surprise that she ended up founding a company that centered on writing. When she and her team launched Writer in 2020, they were trying to create more than an AI writing assistant, but rather a full-stack generative AI platform for enterprises, something that brands could use to find their voice and use it consistently across the business. May says that at first, it wasn't easy to sell when she pitched the idea to investors three years ago. There is definitely a very different energy around AI. It, it's a lot more excitement than fear. And, and there's still fear too, but you know, nowhere near the trepidation that existed when we first started Writer. Today, Writer works by bringing large language models together with other software and tools to integrate AI into any business task involving language, from sorting documents and writing blog posts to drafting big reports and thought leadership. And they make every step of the process highly customizable from company to company. Rather than a company needing to choose a model and then figure out inference and deployment and then monitor for accuracy, then improve the underlying models and continue to fine tune, we do that all in one package. It's composable, it's inspectable, it's auditable. The whole model and knowledge sources can be hosted inside of a company's own private cloud. And it's much faster time to value. Companies are able to ship uh, interesting use cases, really valuable use cases in a matter of days instead of weeks and months. One client came to Writer after going through a big brand transformation. They wanted to publish a wave of new content in their brand's new voice, but... A lot of people needed training on what it meant to write in this new brand voice. And that could be an arduous process. Employees would have to mull over the new brand guidelines, get bogged down in stylistic decisions, and even question whether or not what they were writing actually matched the tone. So leaders at this company thought, hey, I bet AI could help with this and make the whole process more efficient for our employees. And that's really uh, a common story with our, with our customer base. You have somebody who says, there's got to be a better way. With Writer, this customer developed a set of guidelines for their style, the type of tone that they wanted their content to strike, terms and words that they wanted to use or avoid. And then they set up their employees with Writer's platform so that they could work with the software. Writer's tech can also analyze a high volume of copy. One of their customers is a construction company that used it to sort through requests for building proposals. What they're able to do is go through a whole library, you know, thousands of projects they've done before that look like a new project that somebody is bidding for. It's literally like, you know, yes, we have built a condo building in the Bahamas, and here's how well it went. It's real kind of compelling narrative around the suitability of the team and their skills and their experience. By using Writer to collect and analyze keywords in their archive of building proposals, this construction company was able to pull information that matched proposals for other projects that they wanted to build in the future. 
In other words, they're using data that they already have to make their core operations more efficient. What's important for both security and for personalization is that the models that Ryder builds for companies are based solely on that company's data. There is a, a myth around generative AI that data is everything. And in a lot of ways, that's true. But there are a lot of other questions that companies need to consider in order to make that data useful for them. Starting with, what's the goal that they're working towards? Is it being able to win more projects faster? Is it being able to talk to more and more highly segmented audiences about what you're doing? Whatever that goal is, that real transformational goal is, having ideas about that is important because otherwise generative AI is, is going to be used for, you know, 10, 15, 20% productivity improvements instead of like real transformation. Transformation is key for a lot of leaders, and for their employees, it's about being equipped with a tool that streamlines and supports their creative decisions, rather than making decisions for them. Because, May says, exploring how the technology can open up the creative process can be exciting and invigorating. It's one thing for a CEO and a board to say, like, pound the table, we need generative AI, stop spending money, figure this out. And it's another thing to say, we're really excited to explore this. And we want you all to know that we've got the best employees in our segment and we are committed to making sure there is a lot to do for everybody. It's not just about cutting costs. It's about using the data that you already have to make something personalized and unique. The risk is absolutely there for seas of garbage, but the folks who are doing it right they're using AI to tell better stories more often. And as AI tools like Writer and GBT 0 become more mainstream, May believes that there's an increasing need for AI literacy. I want people to not be mystified nor think that this is magic, but instead really understand what is actually happening here. What are we drawing on? And people whose day-to-day -day ranges from creating web copy to drafting construction proposals can use AI to push their work in entirely new directions. Being good at reading and writing changed my life. Being good at reading and writing should be open and available to anybody. And these skills, whether they are manual or augmented, I think are life-changing. So Josh, in what ways has AI already changed the way that you work or helped you work better? Um, it's actually changed my writing process. I, I always start off any writing project now by setting up a generative AI to ask me questions and walk me through my thinking and then to check my reasoning. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. And I wish it was around earlier <laughs> when I was doing a lot more writing in my life. I love how you're using AI to enhance something you already regularly do. And then it sounds like you're being responsible about the way it's influencing what you make. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely a new groundbreaking type of tool, especially when it comes to generating new ideas. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to see how companies like GPT-0 and Writer will make generative AI more widely available while also giving us more options for how to use the tech responsibly. I think that's key. Absolutely. So to learn more about the trends we discussed today, download the Accenture Foresight app. There you'll find more lessons on harnessing AI. Thanks to Accenture's Arnab Chakraborty. And to Alex Sway and May Habib for talking to us. Built for Change is a podcast from Accenture. More episodes are coming soon. Follow, subscribe, and if you like what you hear, leave us a review. 